Hi, I'm Cheryl Cran, founder of Next Mapping. Really excited about today's podcast and vlog. I have with me somebody who epitomizes the future of work. And I, in fact, mentioned this company a number of times in my new book, Next Mapping, Anticipate, Navigate, and Create the Future of Work. Uh, my guest today is Matt Berry, the CEO of Freelancer.com. Matt Berry is an award-winning technology entrepreneur. He's the chief executive officer of Freelancer.com. Uh, it's the world's largest freelancing marketplace, connecting over 30 million professionals from around the globe. And it's been awarded international awards all over the world. Um, Matt is a prolific entrepreneur. He's created Freightlancer.com, uh, Warrior Forum, Escrow.com, uh, Startcom.com, start uh, an amazing fellow. And I know when you see today's interview and listen to it, you're going to be very inspired by not only the potential of what Freelancer.com can do for business and the future of work, but also hearing from a brilliant entrepreneur who took an idea and expanded it to what it is today. So really excited to have with me Matt Berry, CEO of Freelancer. I'm so excited to have with me today Matt Berry, CEO of Freelancer.com, escrow.com, uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire, could teach all of us entrepreneurs a thing or two about how to do business globally, and very excited to have you with us today. Um, our viewers are next mapping followers. They're always uh, interested in the future of work, where the world is going in work. Our viewers include leaders, teens, entrepreneurs, so exactly the types of uh, people that you work with at Freelancer. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Wonderful. So let's get started about... Uh, I mean, I, you have so much wisdom. We were talking off camera before we started the interview about some of the things that's happening mm -hmm. uh, globally with work. Uh, with, for our, the benefit of our viewers, let, let's hear more about what you think the future of work means and what does it mean for like not just the individual that might be a freelancer, but for enterprise and organizations overall? Well, I mean, the world's changing very dramatically. And mm -hmm. in the last two years, there's been a dramatic shift in how people are using freelancers. Um, maybe if I can step back and give you the, sort of the context. Sure. Um, you know, decades ago, um, big companies would offshore, um, you know, factories in different locations around the world to get mm -hmm. work done, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you fast forwarded to, say, the early 2000s, uh, there was all this talk about American Express was taking, you know, unsophisticated jobs, um, offshoring them in things like call centers in places like India, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Through the mid-2000s, the sophistication of those jobs got higher and higher and higher. So you, um, you went from uh, large corporations with unsophisticated jobs to uh, companies like Merrill Lynch were outsourcing, um, you know, PA, you know Called, you know, labs with PhDs to do research for mm -hmm. you know, financial research, right? Through the mid-2000s, you had like this BPO revolution, this business processing outsourcing revolution, where it went from large-sized companies to mid-sized companies. And were, again, it was sophisticated jobs. So things like um, radiology, you know, mm -hmm. diagnosing x-rays for, for hospitals, um, doing tax returns for accounting firms, which, you know, and so forth. So, you know, really through the mid-2000s, um, there was a big push in sort of mid-business in terms of you know, pushing functions offshore. Um, through uh, um, you know, the global financial crisis around 2007, 2008, that's when mm -hmm. the whole industry really took off. Mm -hmm. And it, it did that because obviously um, there were not just people kind of out of work uh, looking for jobs and not just small businesses trying to find um, uh, more effective ways of doing things by going to the internet. But the big thing was there was a lot of Americans who just had some spare, spare time now that were saying, you know, maybe I will uh, work on that side project. Maybe mm -hmm. I will get that business up uh, for my wife. You know, mm -hmm. She you know, wants to start an events planning business. I want to get the web set up for them and so forth. And at the same time, you had like this big shift uh, through 2007, 2008, where uh, right across Asia, um, the internet really started taking off. So through the Philippines, mm -hmm. through um, you know, India and so forth. Um, what's happened today now is really you can outsource uh, or just use, use um, um, the internet to find um, micro work. 
uh, mm -hmm. to get done. So now, uh, you know, the consumer level, you can get something done for you know, you know, twenty dollars. It takes twenty minutes, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and um, really, the whole wealth of human knowledge uh, is kind of out there now. So any skill you can you th can think of, the tools are all in the cloud now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, human computer interac interaction is getting better and better and better. But the, the, the big shift that's gone in the other direction now in the, in the last two years is um, large enterprises now um, at scale are looking to use large amounts of freelancers to do all sorts of work for them. Um, mm -hmm. So a typical large enterprise might say to us, look, we spend a billion dollars a year in, um, in services. Can we find a way to take sort of 10% of that expenditure and um, move it to the, the cloud, you know, the human work cloud or you know, the freelance marketplace? Mm -hmm. Because there's a whole range of skill sets we need that we, we, we don't have. We need people in specific geographic locations mm -hmm. to get things done. And it's a lot quicker and a lot faster to you know, marshal and find those resources on the internet than it is to actually go through the traditional you know, HR Methods of you know right. writing a job ad, posting it, right, waiting right. for a few weeks, right? Yeah, you know, getting which candidates, feels so like archaic. Yeah, now, getting candidates it? Yeah. in, yeah. then you, you, know, you interview them, and then they have to get yeah. noticed for four weeks, and then yeah. you have to get a desk, an office, a computer, a swipe card, etc. Maybe a few months later, you've got someone start work. Right. Right, right, so through the internet, you can find someone just right. like that. Right, right. So a lot of the research <clears throat> that we've done at Next Mapping has com completely confirmed everything you're saying around the, the, the trends that happened. In 2008, triggered a lot of people having to figure out a new way. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it created this big crisis, a disruption, if you will, mm -hmm. to the way work was done, which then created this opportunity for freelancer and companies like yours to, to really expand. So when we look at it from a disruption standpoint, what does it mean? Because I talk a lot about AI automation. That's mm -hmm. going to impact the future of work. In your opinion, do you agree with the research that says AI and automation is going to create more opportunities for freelancers and enterprise? Or do you feel, like, where do you think that's going, where um, the technology-human integration is happening? Look, um, it certainly will create a lot of opportunity, mm -hmm. but it will create opportunities in different areas, mm -hmm. right? So um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a large number of, of jobs that will um, that are threatened by AI, quite frankly. Yes. I mean, classic yeah. example, there is self-driving cars, yes, right? Yes, yes. You know, what will happen there very quickly, I think, is pretty soon you'll only be able to drive, a, be able to buy a self-driving car. Mm -hmm. Because what, what will happen is we'll start off in trucking. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And, you know, no human should have to drive, you know, for 20, 30 years of their life, you know, 10, 12 well, hours a day. Well, and they're having a crisis. They can't find drivers. It's a, it's a crisis Can't right find now, drivers, so, but yeah. also you, you, yeah. it's a very sedentary job. You can stand by the wheel for hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours on end. Yeah. It's, it's quite dangerous as well. Mm -hmm. It's quite hazardous to people's health. Mm -hmm. So that will be automated fairly quickly. And then people, then then governments will figure out. Well, we don't really want the highways being shared with human drivers and automated trucks. Right. So, so you know, very quickly that will flip over. Okay. Insurance companies will be the big driver of this because mm -hmm. they'll look at it and go, "Well, you want to drive your own car, do you? Let's compare your driving record to the computer." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and your, so, your insurance so pre rates. Yeah, yeah, drive, yeah. Want to drive your own car. So very yeah. rapidly, I think that will that that will mm -hmm. flip. Now, what that will cause in terms of in terms of disruption is you've got you know large numbers of professional drivers, whether mm -hmm. you're talking truck drivers, couriers, taxi drivers, mm -hmm. fleet drivers, etc., and that's going to cause some dislocation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, there will be a huge number of companies that be formed around getting things delivered quickly. You know, the whole um, retailing model will change quite dramatically. You know, you know, do you actually need to have a retail shop downtown? holding all the items there when potentially through the internet you can get delivered in 30 yeah. minutes yeah. perhaps. So yeah. there will be a bunch of you know, internet businesses that will be enabled. Mm -hmm. There will be a bunch of opportunities for entrepreneurs and so forth. But it will cause some dislocation. And uh, you know, the jobs that will be created will be very, very many, but they'll be in very different areas. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, guess the, I guess the challenge for governments is going to be that um, it's going to be hard to retrain a 55-year-old truck driver to be a software developer. Right. Right. 
It's right. probably pretty hard to tra- retrain a 55-year-old truck driver to be a, um, a, a waiter in a cafe, right? right. So, so, right. so there's right. going to be a lot of challenges there. Right. Now, young people are very adaptive, right? Yeah. So as people go through the school system and come mm-hmm, out of mm-hmm. uh, high, you know, high school and college and so forth, mm-hmm. they'll take whatever jobs are out there. You know, right. people, you know that's right. been shown over, over decades that people are very adaptive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, in fact, you know, IQ over the years is getting higher and higher mm-hmm. and higher. There's a whole mm-hmm. study that came out you know, just recently on this. Yeah. So. So it will sort itself out in a matter of years, but there will be periods of time where there, there will be a bit of dislocation from this, particularly, I think, around transport. Yeah, and to your comment about can, you can't teach a 55-year-old truck driver, I think that that's true and untrue because there's a mm-hmm. shift happening where yep. the average age of retirement is extending to 75. People yes. are going to work longer. Retraining is actually critical. It, yes. It's critical. So I do see AI and automation helping train those 55-year-olds if they're willing to use the technology to well, do that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm broadly so, generalizing here. Yeah. But, I mean, there are, I mean, a lot of truck drivers actually are small business owners. Yes. They run yes. their own business, right. I mean, particularly in the US, actually, because right. I, mean, I actually have a freight business now called yeah. Freight, Freight Lancer. You do, and in the, addition and the, to everything yeah. else. Ah. <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> the big difference in the US is that actually truck drivers in the US, they're actually um, yeah, very much um, owner-operators. Yes, yes, um, independent. And, and, yeah. and the industry is incredibly fragmented. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at different countries, for example, like Australia, you have some very, very large transport companies that own very large part portions of the market. So mm-hmm. so it really might depend on geography by geography. Mm-hmm. Probably the US might have advantage here in mm-hmm. the fact that you know, the truck drivers are being small business operators, they're used to kind of running their own website, they're used yeah. to kind of running their own business, and maybe they can they can um, you know take advantage of the, of you know the changing landscape to kind mm-hmm. of you know create an opportunity for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of my my clients are businesses that are struggling recruiting and retaining workers like yes. this. And so we go back to that old model and, and a lot of my consulting I say to them, look, you're still looking at it through the lens of posting a job, finding like it, there, there's still a lot of that traditional approach to jobs. Yeah. What, what, how is how are they going to have to adapt? Like, what are they going to have to do in the next few years? Because I keep saying to them, look, it's not jobs we're filling; it's work, and finding creative ways to fill that work. Well, so what's your thoughts on that? We've considered two sides of the coin. So yeah. on one side, you've got it from the, the worker's perspective, yeah. where the amazing thing now is just the, the opportunity if you work in any sort of industry you want to work in, mm-hmm. in any sort of skill area you want to mm-hmm. work in, it, it's just that the opportunity just exploded. Yes. You know, in the olden days, if you lived in a town, maybe the only thing near the town was a lumber mill. Right. Or a mine or were, a factory. Yeah, you, were, and, you were stuck to that. And that's what you did. Yeah. You, you, your parents did it. You did it. That's what everyone in the town right. expected to do. Maybe you'd leave the town and go to a bigger city, but mm-hmm. you're kind of limited by the locality, mm-hmm. etc. I mean, you, you didn't have the power of communications. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you, you, you know, people are very mobile, particularly yeah. in North America, people in between cities, etc. Yeah. But with the internet, really, any job you can possibly think of now mm-hmm. is available there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a marketplace like Freelancer, we get, you know, we've had 15 million jobs go through. We do 10,000 jobs a day. Yeah. So you can actually subscribe to like a very narrow niche yes. your area. Maybe it's biotechnology, maybe it's web design but related to healthcare. Yes, yes. And where really before, narrowed focus. Where yeah. before you had to actively go and find those yes, jobs and yes. search for the business. I mean yeah. anyone running their own business knows that half yeah. the time you're looking for work and you're not making any money because you're trying to find clients and the That's other right. time, then you're actually doing the work and you're yep. you know, and a, so it's forth. The conundrum. But yep. yeah, you've got all that opportunity now. The flip side for in terms of employers mm-hmm. is it does get quite challenging because um, yeah. you know the workforce is very, very mobile now. I mean, the, the, probably the, the most acute um, uh, place you can experience this is Silicon Valley, where uh, one of my general managers, actually from my escrow business, uh, he, he's, uh, he's dating someone at the moment. He said that at her company, she tells him that the average tenure mm-hmm. is six months. Yeah. Yep. Six months. I, I yep. haven't, and he says you've got to train them for one month. In a technology, fr- in a technology, technology firm. firm. Yep. Yeah, technology yeah, that's, firm. That's what my research and, has and, found and, as well. I mean, yep. how do you build a business yep. when the corporate knowledge mm-hmm. just gets lost by mm-hmm. uh, a turnover? Yep. It's yeah, yeah. so, so quick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impossible. So, so how can you build a business in the future if, if you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to retain people, mm-hmm. hard to attract people, it's highly competitive, mm-hmm. etc. 
you know, there are a bunch of skill sets that are um, you know, quite highly in demand that are they're quite niche. We look, we don't produce enough people in sort of STEM and um, software right, and right. so forth. And, but yeah. even like the creative um, areas around uh, technology. So mm-hmm. you know, in in the high end of des- design, where it's you mm-hmm. know, user experience, user interface, and so forth, very hard to find people who are great. And you know, a great designer is the difference between Airbnb, a multi-billion dollar company, and a website that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is challenging. So mm-hmm. that's why you know we think people. Will increasingly go to the internet um, to to find people and resources like yours, resources and, like, yeah, like ours. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've certainly seen in the last two years the mindset from enterprise. When I talk, you know, Fortune five hundred, mm-hmm. Fortune one thousand, it, it's completely flipped in the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, about six years ago, I had a business development team, and we said, "Should we look at enterprise?" We're not quite sure. Yeah. You know, we really played in the small business consumer yes, market. Yeah. So the average job post on freelancers around two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, build me a website. Design for me a logo, do some marketing for yeah. me, a copywriting, translation, data yeah. entry, whatever it may be. And you know, we thought you know we've, we've done extremely well in the small business market. We own that. We've, we've conquered the, the consumer market. Mm-hmm. Should we kind of go up yes. to to large enterprise? So six years ago, we had a team looking at this, and you'd go and see like a large enterprise like Deutsche like Deutsche Bank, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, you walk into Deutsche Bank and they say, "This is amazing. This mm-hmm. is the collaborative economy. Mm-hmm. This is the future. We should be all over this." Let's have a meeting with the stakeholders. Yep. You go into the meeting, VP legal, VP HR, VP compliance. Exactly. Where's the work going? You know, Ecuador, you yeah. know, have you done drug testing? No. Have you done background check, checking? No. Right. You, you can't because right. right. there's millions of people yes. there. And they said, look, we love this concept, but, you know, we can't get our head around it. We couldn't. Right. We don't think we could use it. Could we take an existing network of suppliers and somehow license your software? So six years ago, I said, no, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to touch mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Two years ago. The, the, the narrative changed. You know, we got all these inbound requests started coming in. Look, we know we have to use you. We know it's the future. McKinsey said that by 2030, 50% of the US workforce will be freelancers. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I'll give you a classic example. There's a big four um, consulting firm, mm-hmm. um, accounting firm, that we're working very closely with. Uh-huh. And they said, look, internally, our next goal is to reach $60 billion in revenue. Mm-hmm. The problem is, we did the math on that based upon our existing consulting model. We have to hire 3 million people. Right. Right, it's just impossible. It's not going to happen. It's just never going right. to happen, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, there has to be different ways of working. Now, mm-hmm. we have this incredible amount of supply. Mm-hmm. We have people in every country of the world, mm-hmm. in any skill set you can imagine, etc., that are available on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, if you find a great freelancer, you never uh, fire them because you only pay for them when you use them. Right. So, so, so I think they become the, like part of your asset and what you outsource to on a consistent that's basis. That's right. Yeah. So, 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 enterprise yeah. is looking. What? How do we? How do we take? You know, our, our wage bill of you know a billion dollars a year and find mm-hmm. a way of putting ten percent mm-hmm. of that through online platforms, mm-hmm. so we can more agile, find people, get broader skill sets, mm-hmm. really drive corporate innovation. You get things turned around Absolutely. extremely yeah. quickly. Yeah. But even in the consumer land, you know, our everyday lives, mm-hmm. I think what we'll have is we'll have a personal and network of people that will help us in our everyday lives. Yeah. We might have a copywriter on demand, mm-hmm. a designer on demand, mm-hmm. a programmer on demand, a mm-hmm. researcher on demand, a tutor mm-hmm. on demand. Well, that's our consulting mm-hmm. firm. That's how we run it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on demand. We don't have, we, that's how we run our business. Mm-hmm. But, so I think that that is, so, so further to that, because now by saying that, I have a lot of HR listeners going, oh, uh, you know. And he's dropping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, yes, you know, bleep, yeah. bleep, bleep, because their model of how they've justified their existence has mm-hmm. been on finding people, keeping people. So let's do a bit of a, a segue here into the millennials. You said to yes. me you had how many millennials working for you? 
uh, in, in full time in my company, yeah. about 570 or so. Unbelievable. Yeah. So a lot of people are challenged with this. And, and I, a lot of, I wrote a book back in 2010 called 101 Ways to mm. Make Generations X, Y, and Zoomers Happy at Work. Mm. So I've done a lot of research on this. I've worked, I've done a lot of consulting. Um, my new book, Next Mapping, Anticipate, Navigate, and Create the Future of Work, includes a lot of this as well. But a lot of people um, have moved from the, oh, those millennials that are pain in the neck to now they're going, well, hang on, they're driving innovation. They're driving these changes. Mm-hmm. What has your experience been in motivating, engaging, keeping them eager to work? For, what's the average tenure at freelancer with your millennials? Well, step, a, if we step back, yeah. You know, my grandfather when he took a job, that was for life. Yeah, right. Of course, you, work, yeah. you work your entire career in the one yeah. job. You retire with a gold pocket watch. That's it, mm-hmm. right? You know, my father, you know, worked for 20 years in his job and then started his own business for 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Gen X, I think maybe five or 10 years is, yeah. a, is a good time for, 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 for a job. <laughs> right. I've been in this job for 10 years, it's probably going to be for 20 <laughs> years, but anyway. Well, it's not know, really a job though, you've done no, so much. You, you're a true Gen Xer in yeah. your entrepreneurism, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a commitment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Gen Y's, like yeah. two years, millennials, six months to a yeah, year. that's right. Freelancers are two weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, look, uh, what I've discovered about young people, if you kind of think back to when you were young, mm-hmm. it all comes down to um, yeah, when you first come out of school and you go to your first career, it's all down to your, your first boss and just yeah, how they trained you, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you've got to set expectations up front. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what, how, how hard I expect you to work. Mm-hmm. This is the output I expect from you. you know, when, you, when you have a deliverable due, this is when it's due, et cetera, and so forth. So that clear communication. Clear. I think yep. the problem with millennials is they've just had so much choice. It's you know, true. I yeah. could get a job here. I could get a yes. job there. And if yeah. you're in Silicon Valley, everyone wants me and they'll <laughs> throw true. money at me. And so, you know, I don't really have to kind of, yeah, you know, I don't really have the discipline that I maybe yeah. potentially had yeah. in, in years before. Um, yeah. And, you know, I could make money online. I could make money you're playing poker professionally online. I could go sell something and sell mm-hmm. my own business online. Mm-hmm. You know, I so can forth. live anywhere so in the world. I can, I can live do anywhere, world, whatever yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, think that, I think that's the thing that with, with, with millennials mm-hmm. is that... Um, you know, I think maybe because they've got so much opportunity, you know, that, you know, it's been hard to kind of manage them to a certain extent. You know, we, I find that you just have to very quickly, first job, onboard them the right way. This is what I expect from you. This is how I have mm-hmm. to work. This is what I have to deliver, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my, my, uh, my compatriot, Sebastian, actually told me um, the next generation after millennials. Gen Z. He said, Gen Z, they're actually, they're actually working a lot harder. Because they're looking at the millennials going, I don't want to be like them. <laughs> well, I, I would agree with that. And just for anybody watching, Sebastian's over there in the corner. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I agree with that because Gen Zs are actually, they've, they've seen the bad mouthing on the millennials. Yes. And so they're kind of going, well, we want to be different. I find the Gen Zs are much more focused. Mm-hmm. They're much more focused on what they want to be, what they want to create. They're also much more entrepreneurial. So the mm-hmm. whole freelancer is very much what they're, yep. as you would know. Um, and, and my research with millennials is exactly what you said. If you clearly communicate and if you inspire them, it's very difficult different than, yes. you know, I'm, I'm a baby boomer slash Gen X. Mm-hmm. And in my year, when I when I came up on my career, it was about impressing the boss. It was about, you know, climbing your way up. Yes. And millennials are like, I don't need to impress you. I'm I'm here. You I, should be I, happy. I could leave, that, I joined the yeah, other company. Yeah, you should be happy I, that I'm here. I climbed the ladder by, by quitting. Right, <laughs> right. Know? And if you haven't recognized my performance in six months, well, somebody else will. Yes. And so a lot of, uh, I would say, baby boomers struggle with this kind of attitude because they they've come up through the ranks of work hard, put in the work, mm. respect, take yes. the time to earn. And I'm saying, you know, my half my work is saying to these guys going, no, they, they don't have to think that way. That's not how they think. Yeah. And so it's inspirational leadership, not autocratic, tell them what to do leadership. Yeah. 
So I'm sure, I'm sure. But, you, but, but you know. the millennial attitude, it does hit a limit. You, know, you can yeah. quit and join another company, get a pay rise, yes. join another company, get a pay yes. rise. But eventually it comes home to roost. When yeah, you, it's true. If you don't have the skill set, you, you can't deliver on it. You, you do actually get end up a point where you've actually got to put the work in. Yeah, and I find that too with some millennials I work with is they, they actually just do the, I'm generalizing, mm -hmm. but that's sort of like the bare minimum. Skim in the, the waves. Yeah, yeah, instead of really buckling down and going, how can I maximize the value here yeah. for my boss or for the company or yeah. such? Okay, so we're getting close to finishing up here. Tell me more about uh, the sort of the, so you said freelancer was sort of the consumer market. And now you're sort of looking at enterprise. What are some of the visions for, or the last few years, what are the visions moving forward for the company and, and what you're hoping to, to, to do to impact the future of work? Well, freelancer as a whole is actually a group now. So we actually have five companies within the group. Okay. Freelancer.com is the major business. Mm -hmm. And the future of this, I envisage it as like an international platform for micro trade. So it's like a cross between a social network where you can go in a, in a casual sort of business environment, mm -hmm. but also getting work done. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of people in the world now that are starting their own businesses, um, self employed, mm -hmm. becoming freelancers, et cetera. And we want to you know, be a place where you can be anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. log into your phone, your laptop, your desktop. Maybe the computer isn't even yours. Maybe it's your family's computer, a school's computer, yeah. or an internet cafe. And there is your business. There's your shop front. There, there's mm -hmm. your payments. There's your clients. Mm -hmm. There's your contact list. Mm -hmm. Maybe some friends are there as well. You can chat to them and maybe one of them will do a logo for you while you're doing, you know, doing mm -hmm. some programming or maybe someone will do some copywriting for you, et cetera. And really providing like an international you know, platform for micro trade. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Complementing that free answer business, which is a global marketplace for jobs. So 31 million people, mm -hmm. 15 million jobs, 2 million jobs last year, 10,000 jobs a day, mm -hmm. roughly. Um, we've got a business called escrow.com, yes. which is a payments business. Yes. So you can think of it like PayPal. Mm -hmm. Um, it's done uh, 3.5 billion US dollars in payment volume to date. It's been around for 20 years. I bought it in 2015. Mm -hmm. It started by Fidelity. Mm -hmm. And um, the difference between PayPal and escrow is the funds sit in trust. Yes, I saw so, that. I looked so, it up online, um, yeah. Basically, let's say you're selling a classic car mm -hmm. and you're in Alabama mm -hmm. and I'm here in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. You send me some photos, you send me videos, you send me some reports. Looks pretty good. We agree on a price. Mm -hmm. Do I really want to fly to Alabama to look at the car? No. So what I'll do is we'll agree to a price. We lock it in on freelancer. Mm -hmm. um, then we will, sorry, on escrow. On escrow yeah. we, we will then say, send um, the funds. The funds get sent to escrow. We put them in trust, yes. you know, which is a, a legal yes. construct. So they're yeah. secure. We'll then say, ship the merchandise, the car ships. Uh, you then get a period of time to inspect it, which you agree to upfront, whether it's three days, two mm -hmm. days, mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. Within that period, you can return at any point in time unconditionally at your own cost. Mm -hmm. After that, the deal goes through. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of innovation in payments around buying cups of coffee. You know, but this is you know, big ticket stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. innovation around, you know, I can buy a cup of coffee with right. you or in advance, yeah. use facial recognition, yeah. buy my phone and share the price. But we are for buying and selling anything of value that's complicated and expensive. So boats, cars, airplanes, jewelry, gemstones, yeah. fine arts, yeah. zebras, yeah. 20,000 yeah. tons of alfalfa from the US to China. High-end dogs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we, do, we do a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of cats. Yeah. Because you, you need to make sure that there's, there's the vaccination certificates there, the quarantine, right. they right. arrive alive, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like et cetera. No, it's I very looked at the site. I was very, like, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I admit I wasn't very familiar until I saw that it was also mm. one of your businesses and I didn't realize you'd purchase it from Fidelity. So when I was looking at all this, I was like, wow, this is, so that link with, so you said there's five businesses, freelancer, escrow, escrow what are the other? The third business, uh, which I, which is recent, but I'm mm -hmm. very excited about, is mm -hmm. another marketplace mm -hmm. 
called it's a marketplace for freight. Um, Freight Freightlancer. Freight okay. So uh, we changed the name cool. recently. It wasn't my idea. It was the, the business. I actually bought a business, half of a business. Yeah. It's originally called Channel Forty. Okay. They decide they want to change to Freightlancer, and it's really a marketplace of freight. At the moment, we do construction, mining, um, you know, in, industrial, and yeah. so forth. Um, uh, but with Freelancer now and the 31 billion people around yes. the world, we can do metro delivery. So the, the business predominantly today is we can ship cranes, bulldozers, construction equipment, shipping containers, yeah. anywhere in the world yeah. uh, on demand, uh, uh, highly um, uh, highly competitively. Yeah. So you typically yeah. you'll save between 30 and 40% on your freight internationally yeah. um, uh, or, or even domestically. And on top of that, we've got the Freelancer network for delivery now. So if you think about Uber, globally Uber has 2 million drivers. Yes. We have 31 million freelancers, most of which drive. Yes. So if you want to, for example, yes. in, in the Vancouver metro area... Which we have, don't have Uber or Lyft yet. Exactly. Uh, well, you had it and went. Yeah. Well, I don't know uh, why don't it's very frustrating. Started, but anyway. But um, <laughs> let's, say you, let's say you have a shop and you want to do yeah. metro deliveries of flowers or yes, chocolates yes. or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, you can use an API call and to our, you know, using software yeah. and we will get someone to pick up and deliver for you. Right. So instead of you having to hire a driver... And you're a rider with a hat. And so hang on, are you disrupting Uber now? Are you disrupting you can, Uber Eats? You can, and build, Uber... you can build Uber on top of freelancing. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, In software. Yeah. This is this is huge. Yeah. This is big. Because we know where yeah. everyone is. We know we yeah. know who's good, who's bad. We've got yeah. reputation. We know their location. You know, Amazon uses uh, local delivery for their. So they're okay. So you could literally take over the world here with. <laughs> With what you're doing, well, seriously. We can help people. We can yeah. help people. So. <laughs> so that was four. Was that four? What's number five? Uh, that's three. That's three. Um, we me. also run the largest conference in um, in Australia called Starcon for technology and startups. Okay. Which is like the Lollapalooza okay. you know, of a Woodstock of, of, of startups okay. in, the, in the region. It's the second biggest in Asia. Uh, and then we have a fifth business called Warrior Forum, which is um, the largest internet marketing community in the world. It's 1.3 million internet marketers. Okay. It's a forum where you can learn about search engine optimization, search engine marketing, how to sell a product, how to launch a yeah. product. Yeah. You know, how to drop ship a product, yeah. how, to, you know, how everything to do with marketing um, yeah. works. Yeah. There's 1.3 million internet marketers who can help you. Yeah. And there's a marketplace for launching things as well. And what's so, that one called? Like, Warrior Forum. War, Warrior Forum. Yeah. Unbelievable. When do you sleep? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I, I can't figure that out. And one last question, because I'm just curious. I think my, my listeners will want to know this. Yeah. What, like, what got you, like, how did you start all of this? Like, what, you know... You're Gen X. What did you wake up and go, I want to take over the online world or I want to create free access for people to have work? I'm just curious what... Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. It's relatively long, so I try and paraphrase it. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm a computer scientist engineer by background, okay. grad school Stanford, went back to Australia, yeah. started a company uh, in semiconductors yes. called Sensory Networks. Very complicated to start a hardware company yes. um, and very naive at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, that business sold to Intel. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Years later, took a, took, a, yeah. took a long time. But um, around uh, 2007, 2008, I was kind of left that business. I was looking for something to do, and I was trying to build a website to help my mum out. Actually, she's got a wholesale business doing import uh, of um, arts, craft, textiles, glues, in stuff a, like that in Australia. in Australia. Okay. And I said to her, I said to her, look, in 1994, I said to her, why don't you build a website? Yeah. She would have been like the, one of the first e-commerce sites in the world if she ever did that. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Fast forward 2007, still, yeah. did, still have a website. I said, you know, I've got some spare time. I'll fix that website for you. And um, I was looking to put a little directory on it of, of shops. So I needed to fill in a spreadsheet with the name of the shop, the address, the phone number, mm-hmm. and so on. I needed about um, a thousand rows filled in on a spreadsheet. It was completely boring work. I thought, let's find some kid to fill yes. it in. Yeah. I said, I'll pay you $2 per row. 
and there's a thousand rows, you get $2,000, work from home on a computer in your own time. I would have thought some kid would love this. After four months, complete frustration. Couldn't find anybody. Well, you find yeah. people and they do it. I have a soccer practice, yeah. I've got exams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lazy, yeah all these other life excuses, things. Excuses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's boring. I, yeah. go, I know it's boring. That's why I'm getting you to do it. <laughs> it was exciting. I'll be doing it. Are you paying your money for it? And then eventually I just got frustrated. Yeah. And so I just typed into Google data entry online or something like that, cheap data entry or something like that. And I found this website called Get a Freelancer. And it looked, okay. looked terrible. It yeah. looked like Craigslist. It yeah, looked, yeah. looked just. It was run by a Swedish guy living on a fish farm in Vanuatu. Um, had all this activity on it, but I didn't know what it was. And I posted a job there, and I went to lunch, and I completely forgot I posted a job there. And I came back, and my inbox had exploded. I had seventy-three emails. I'll do it for two thousand, one thousand, five hundred, four hundred, three hundred, two hundred, one hundred. Wow! 100. First of all, I thought, "Come on, they, they can't, yeah. I can't find anyone to do the job. There's no way there's seventy-three people wanting to do this job." Yeah. And then I start talking to people. Yeah, they'll do the job. I've discovered they're all over, all over the world. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in all sorts of weird locations. And then I said, why? Why would they bid a hundred dollars if I asked for two thousand? Then I discovered, you know, wages around the world. Five billion people live on ten dollars a day, right. right, or less. Right. So in fact, for a hundred hundred dollars for some people, that's ten days' work, mm-hmm. and they could get done in two days, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought this was incredible. I hired a team. It was done in three days. It was perfect. It didn't have to um, pay until the job was done because of the milestone payment system. And I just said to myself, this is just world changing. I thought, this is just, I could hire an army of people off a credit card to, mm-hmm. to build a business. What sort of business would I build if I could mm-hmm. hire people mm-hmm. for, for next, to, next to nothing? What sort of job could I, you know, what sort of business could I start? And I, and I was thinking, of, you know, what sort of business, you know, I wanted to, wanted to build. And I thought, actually, I, I like this website, Get a Freelancer. So I thought, maybe I'll build a website to kind of copy yeah, Get yeah. a Freelancer. So yeah. I built my own little thing called biditout.com. Took me a few weeks. I could do the programming, but I couldn't do any design. I couldn't do any mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do any you know other stuff. I got people to do internet research for me, and then I kind of figured out how the, the model works. And I thought, gee, you know, at the time there was about a dozen people in the space. Mm-hmm. I thought no one's going to invest in me to be number thirteen. So maybe I'll try and buy one of these businesses right, and see right. if I can get a head start. And I also was a bit impatient because I just um, spent six years running a, a business for for many many years that didn't set the world on fire, but did eventually sell. Mm-hmm. And I contacted a bunch of these websites and a few of them said maybe you're interested in selling. And the best one was actually the one I found because it had the most traffic and it had, the most, tra- yeah, it had yeah. the most traffic because it had the best SEO strategy. Right. And then a long story cut short, but I eventually bought it. And okay. then I had a lot of problems with it. Yeah. And everyone told me all the problems. And yeah. every time I had a problem, I'd fix it. Yeah. And yeah. the revenue got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just keep telling me problems. I keep fixing yeah. the problems. Yeah. You know what struck me about the story? Because there's always, I love these stories about how things get started, right? Because I yeah. think people look at, you know, look at you. You've got five multi, you know, you're, you're it, it, it's, it's overwhelming if you look at it and go, how did this get created? But it always started. And to me, it was right in the recession time, 2007, it was. 2008. It was. That, the, so what I really want to emphasize for the listeners is when there's the biggest disruption is the biggest opportunities. Correct. When you're there and you're poised and you see the opportunity. More millionaires were created in the Great Depression than any right. other time in history. Right. Yeah. And you're just, you're, you're living proof of that as well. So mm. I, I'm just so grateful that you, we were able to get you while you were here in Vancouver. And I understand you're going to do some skiing and enjoy our, <laughs> our local area, which is awesome. Thank yep. you so much for your time. And if anybody wants to get a hold of you or Sebastian or anyone else that's uh, at Freelancer, where do they go? www.freelancer.com. That easy, easy. freelancer.com. Yeah. Thanks again, Matt. Great, thank, thank you, you so much. Great. Thank you.